This is the ARC Energy Ideas Podcast with Peter Terzakian and Jackie Forrest, exploring trends that influence the energy business. Welcome to the ARC Energy Ideas Podcast for November 22nd. I'm Jackie Forrest. And I'm Peter Terzakian. Welcome back. We've got a very special show today. Actually, Jackie, do you remember your high school chemistry? Well, you're a chemical <laughs> engineer, aren't I you? I do. Actually, I did like it. That's yeah. why I went into chemical engineering. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I've got a chemical background in a sense. My father was a chemist. And uh, I think he was saddened that I decided to go into physics instead of chemistry. But chemistry is definitely dear to, I think, both our hearts. And today we are going to talk chemistry. We're going to talk specifically about the simplest atom on the periodic table, hydrogen. And in that regard, we have a very special guest today with us. We have got Seta Afshordi from Proton Technologies. You're the Chief Operating Officer. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Okay, so today we're going to cover a number of topics. We'll cover three areas. First of all, let's talk about the hydrogen system and the idea that we would use hydrogen as an alternative to oil and gas and other sources of energy that we have today, how that would work. Then we'll talk specifically about proton and what you're doing within this hydrogen ecosystem and implications potentially here in Alberta and for the oil and gas industry at large. I think we've got potentially a real advantage here in that hydrogen economy, but we've got to learn more about that hydrogen economy first. And you know, I, as a preamble, I'll say that you know, hydrogen as a source of energy is really nothing new. It's been known about for a long time. In fact, hydrogen, the atom, was discovered by Henry Cavendish in 1766. And over the course, certainly over the last century, we've been thinking about how to put it to work. We've had it even in things like airships and so on. We'll come to that in a little bit when we talk a little bit about the safety of hydrogen. But in terms of using hydrogen as an alternative clean fuel to hydrocarbons, which have carbon in it, as the name implies, We've sort of had fits and starts, but there's things that are happening now that would suggest that we need to have a second look at using hydrogen as a full energy system all the way from, well, well to wheels. We'll talk about its potential use in the transportation segment. But say that's another reason why the subject is somewhat close to my heart is that 20 years ago, I was really actively involved in the financing of hydrogen companies, fuel cells and hydrogen electrolyzers and so on. We'll come to that. But before we get started, maybe we'll turn it over to Seta, our special guest. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background and how it is that you've come to be the chief operating officer of Proton. I'm a chemical engineer, Jackie, like you, but I got my degree from Iran where I was born, and I moved to Sweden. I did a master's in environmentally sustainable technologies. So sustainability and renewable energy was always at my heart. Right after school, I ended up getting involved in oil and gas. So I've been in the world of oil and gas for the past 13 years. And uh, I moved to Canada 12 years ago and worked for the major oil and gas producers. But mainly, I've been focused on enhanced oil recovery. So there was always some component as if injecting polymer or steam into the ground to be able to recover more oil. It just happened that three years ago, I was hired by a company that was running a, a project in Saskatchewan called Toe to Heal Air Injection, which was initially built by Petrobank. And then while I was operating and uh, acting as an operation manager for that asset, Proton Technologies contacted me with a new process that they required to do a test in our field. So they basically wanted my permission to go ahead and, and use the process in our field. So while we were discussing this process, it happened that uh, Proton managed to purchase that asset from that company. And then they hired me and brought me on board to continue managing the asset. So for the past two years, I've been involved in producing oil from the same asset and working on uh, this new process that Proton is suggesting. 
So one of the things is that I know Proton is trying to think about in the energy systems of the future is go from instead of an oil field, which is hydrocarbons, to go from, we'll call it a hydrogen field. Absolutely. And, and just yeah. using the hydrogen and the hydrocarbons. Yeah. So what we say, Proton, if, if I want to tell you what Proton is in one sentence, Proton is about producing low-cost hydrogen from oil reservoirs with no emission. Carbon stays in the ground. That's what Proton is suggesting. And that's what Proton in the past right. two years has proven in two and different And if steps. we can get hydrogen out of the ground economically... And all the way to conversion systems like a fuel cell, which converts hydrogen into electricity. Then we can turn wheels of vehicles. We can put it to work in all sorts of Absolutely. different ways. Yeah. And we have a completely new energy system that starts purely from Exactly. Yeah. Well, we always say that, think about it, we are talking about hydrocarbon, which means hydrogen and carbon. And mm -hmm. we're always so fixated on carbon, but nobody is thinking about hydrogen, right. that H component that's in it as well. So just to be clear, so in the reservoir, you all, you obviously have the hydrocarbons who have carbon and hydrogen attached to them. And so what you're going to do is do something in the reservoir that's going to separate those two, and then you're just going to somehow filter out the hydrogen piece and yes. bring that to yes. the surface? Yes. Um, I don't know if you want to actually go back to the history of how exactly the majority of the hydrogen is being produced nowadays. It's sure. basically yeah. being produced 95% through steam methane reforming. So I can explain later what exactly that is. But what Proton is doing is kind of the same idea as steam reforming, but we're doing it underground. So what we do, we inject air or oxygen into the reservoir to increase the temperature. So gasification and water gas shift reactions would happen at certain temperature. At that moment, hydrogen would be released in the reservoir. So we drill a well and we put a membrane downhole to be able to produce that So a membrane is... Basically, an atomic sieve, like a sieve that just that allows only allows hydrogen. Only allows hydrogen, which is the smallest element. Absolutely. Hydrogen is number one on right. the periodic table. Proton, hence the name proton. Hence right? the name proton. One proton, exactly, and comes up and is, is used. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that steam methane reforming. So this process, steam methane reformation, is basically blasting the methane molecule with steam to separate the carbon and the hydrogen. But that's an expensive and it's also a process that liberates carbon dioxide, which we don't want. Absolutely. Yeah, what they do, basically, they purchase natural gas, they burn the natural gas to be able to reform the steam. To implement this chemical reactions is very expensive. The fact that they're purchasing natural gas every day, it's creating a component of cost that fluctuates based on the price of natural gas. And there's constantly an emission of CO2 that needs to be captured. Lately, there are new technologies that they're capturing it. However, it adds another uh, cost component to the process. Well, but I think uh, steam methane reforming is the cheapest commercial process today, right? The other option is taking water and getting the hydrogen out of the water, and that's more expensive. Can you give me an idea of just the cost level of those existing technologies compared to what your potential technology could yeah. be? Historically, for electrolysis, which is uh, one of the cleanest way of producing hydrogen, the price range out there is between 3 to $5 per kilogram. For steam methane reforming, the record has been between $1 to $3 per kilogram. And $1 per kilogram of hydrogen has only happened last year in the United States because the price of natural gas dropped. So they managed to actually have a record, but prior to that was always higher than one. We suggest 10 cents per kilogram. Wow, so your, your process here in Alberta is potentially 10 cents. Yes, way cheaper. So this process that you have in Alberta, 
is, do you have a pilot? What state is it in? Is it more in the lab or is it actually in the field that you've got a pilot of this working? It's already been tested and proven at the lab at University of Calgary. And we have a playground. We call it playground and oil acid in Saskatchewan. And we've already done a small scale test in the field. And we are working on a larger scale, which would be about five to 10 tons of hydrogen production in the next six months. Wow. So what part of Saskatchewan? Is it in the heavier oil area? Heavy oil, yeah. yeah. We are about API 11. Mm-hmm. And would this work in just heavy oil reservoirs, or do you think it's more applicable to any reservoir? We think it's applicable to any reservoir. What you need is hydrocarbon as a fuel and, and some water in the reservoir, which I think every reservoir has it. And then the CO2, would it then just be stored long-term in the reservoir? We keep the CO2 down in the ground because we're putting the membrane in the ground. And the membrane, as Peter mentioned, it's only allowing hydrogen to go through. So everything else stays in the ground. And so when you get it to the ground, it's the equivalent of 10 cents. And then, of course, it has to get to market somehow. Yeah. And so what are the plans for that? Um, You can push it to the pipeline. You can actually truck it out. You can use it on site, generating your own power. Bigger oil and gas producers that they have upgrading system on site, they prefer that to actually use it in their upgraders. So talk about the, like, what is proprietary? What is special about what you are doing? I presume there's some sort of intellectual property that you have. It's our own patent is registered internationally. And uh, what's interesting, we are suggesting two proven technologies. However, no one has ever thought about it before. The way we discovered it, we looked at some of the old fire flood projects, in-situ combustion projects in the history. Mainly Margaret Lake was one of the examples that produced 20% of hydrogen. So we know that historically in the oil reservoirs through enhanced oil recovery, producers have produced hydrogen, but then they produced it to the surface and they burned it. Mm -hmm. So it's a proven fact. And the next proven fact is that steam methane reformers, they're using the same membrane that we we will be using and we are using to separate hydrogen from their gas stream. So that's another proven technology. What we are suggesting, which is unique and no one else has done it, so we could actually incorporate it, is combining these two technologies and creating a process Mm -hmm. that hasn't been used anywhere else. I want to come to the commercial applications of hydrogen and this new energy systems that we were talking about. But first, I know Jackie and I had some discussions earlier about the potential safety. Can you talk about the safety? We've been receiving this question lately that everyone is concerned about the safety of the hydrogen. If hydrogen leaks out of your pipe, nothing is going to happen. It's not poisonous. There's no issue. It's not like H2S. Hydrogen is not sensitive to temperature. The only thing is you don't want uh, hydrogen to be exposed to oxygen or you don't want it to be under pressure. But then we have the same problem with natural gas, but we managed to overcome it. There are so many processes out there that they have some safety components. We have to be cautious about steam. We're doing a lot of steam injection into the reservoir. I don't think it's a concern that we don't, we can't overcome. It's just um, like natural gas that we managed to actually liquefy it and, uh, and transfer it. We can do the same with hydrogen. Well, you talked about it can't be exposed to oxygen, but when it leaks, it obviously is exposed to oxygen in Under the atmosphere. Under certain pressure and temperature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. But, so in an ambient, so when it releases to ambient, nothing happens to you. Yeah, I'm convinced that it's the processes that have been developed over the years in using hydrogen are safe. That's not the issue, but there is a public perception, you know, the, the, the perception, the images of the Hindenburg blowing up and that kind of thing. So, do you, I mean, do you think that there is public education that needs to be done before we start wholesale adopting this technology into the mainstream commercial infrastructure? I think, and that's what we are trying to do. We're trying to actually be out there and then talk about hydrogen everywhere in the news, during the conferences and in our website and LinkedIn, everywhere. 
And now what I think is very important to recognize here is that we have a lot of technologies out there that are using hydrogen. The mm-hmm. fact that hydrogen can be stored, the fact that we can have combustion engines that run based on hydrogen, we can create power from hydrogen, is proven and is being controlled over time. The technology has been developed. The reason that is not expanded is because hydrogen is expensive. So the economics is not supported, but the technology itself is out there and has been supported. And that's a good point. I think for a lot of folks in Alberta, we haven't been maybe exposed to hydrogen. But if you go to California today, they have hydrogen refueling stations. Iceland, I've been to Iceland, they have them there. Yeah, so and there are hydrogen cars. I was actually reading an article today that said there's something like 34,000 hydrogen fuel cell vehicles of different types in North America. Not all of Mm -hmm. those are cars. Mm -hmm. Some of them are like small. Forklifts. Yeah, things like that. Things like that. And I mean, there's definitely very interesting niche applications, whether, you know, there's this big debate about whether it can compete with electric vehicle batteries. Uh, And of course, Elon Musk favors the battery and thinks hydrogen is going nowhere. But, you know, we shall see. I mean, I don't think this notion of being able to supply hydrogen at uh, one-tenth of the cost or whatever it ultimately ends up being on an equivalent (laughs) basis has been really factored in. If you can demonstrate that there is a low upstream cost source of hydrogen and that can feed into a supply chain that goes to distribution channels that can then take it into devices like fuel cells, which can into electricity, mm-hmm. um, then you know it's a different it's a different argument, especially for segments like uh, heavy hauling trucks, forklifts, all sorts of Airplane, other things. Uh, trains, uh, trains, yeah. things like that. So it's it's interesting, and so what I find fascinating about this discussion and the interactions we've had off the podcast is ideas that, in part anyway, our oil fields, our hydrocarbon fields can be turned potentially into hydrogen fields. And and that, in a sense, is a game changer. It it? is. And it's really exciting because I think one issue I've had with the hydrogen, and and by the way, most forecasts, most I think credible forecasts have a role for hydrogen as you look out to the you know, 2030s, 2040s for us to achieve these very significant greenhouse gas reduction targets. But one of my concerns and issues with those has been, well, the only way that we can do it economically is using a natural gas as a feedstock and that creates CO2 yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't actually, people called it zero emission. Not sure, really. it was zero emission at the tailpipe, no, but no. there was GHG emissions created. So, you know, it's exciting to me and a game changer that we could have something that's actually significantly cheaper and not have the CO2. Like yeah, that actually it, makes it a fuel. It, it is a game changer. And I remember even 20 years ago, I used to sort of chuckle because, you know, I used to see these investor pitch decks for hydrogen companies. And the opening statement was, hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe. And I'm going, okay, yeah, in the stars, <laughs> like the sun, if you want to... It, it's attached to other things yeah, on Earth. We, we don't have a pipeline <laughs> to the sun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just... And the expensive sources certainly back then were either electrolysis or the steam methane reformation. Well, in electrolysis, if you're using electricity based on fossil fuels is also, you know, high carbon. But they will argue that you can attach it to uh, renewable energy sources such as wind and solar and so on. But it doesn't get away from the fact that breaking apart the water molecule, H2O, takes a lot of energy. And if this process, as I said, turns an oil field into a hydrogen field, and you can do it at one-tenth the cost, that's potentially very interesting and positions Alberta to be a testing ground. What did, what did you call it? A playground for the future? Playground for the what future. What are some of the other organizations that are sort of popping up in this hydrogen space here? 
We have another organization um, that's uh, being led by David Lazal at uh, University of Calgary, mm -hmm. that he is working with some of the vendors out there within the transportation world that they're converting trucks to fuel cell, hydrogen fuel cell trucks. Mm -hmm. So the demand and the, um, the uses of hydrogen out there is being more equipped and more developed in terms of... Yeah, um, I think they're yeah. trying to create like a hydrogen corridor highway between, I know it's Edmonton, Edmonton Calgary, but even yeah. further north potentially. Yes, they're going further north. So basically they want to cover all of the oil and gas fields mm -hmm. uh, where we're dead. There's mm -hmm. well and gas. Well, and, and hydrogen, one of the reasons it shows up in these long-term outlooks is some people think the batteries are always going to be limited in terms of their range and not suitable right. for heavy hauling. Now, I know Tesla has a different view on that, but most forecasts, you know, think longer term for shipping, long-distance shipping, for long-distance hauling, hydrogen, zero-emission hydrogen could really play a big role in some of those longer-distance applications. And that would make a lot of sense in Alberta, too, because we have large distances, and it's hard to sort of see battery mm -hmm. technology uh, being able to replace some of the heavy hauling that we do in the province. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you think about it, a lot of oil and gas producers right now, when they start gradually converting their oil reservoir to hydrogen reservoir, they can continue using hydrogen on their own sites. So their actual operation will become a green operation with no emission. And nobody's against oil. That's what we are actually proving. You can continue producing oil while you're producing hydrogen. So we are increasing to your cash flow stream by adding hydrogen production from the oil reservoir. We're not asking to eliminate your oil production and just convert everything to hydrogen. And do you have any partners uh, looking at that? That's exciting that you could continue to produce your oil reservoir, which has value to it, and still get the hydrogen. Or is there anyone looking at piloting that? There are two other uh, major oil producers that they're seriously looking into it. And uh, we are working on certain uh, LOI setups so they can actually have access to our process. So basically the end game for Proton is not necessarily being a hydrogen producer. We're trying to actually pass the knowledge to the rest of the producers. So it would be based on the licensing that they can all have access to the process. And would that change the quality of the crude oil? I would imagine if you're creating a reaction underground, you're going to get a different type of crude oil. If anything, it would be partially upgraded in the ground. Yeah. Okay, so it could yeah, potentially so better be a higher quality. quality. Yes. Hmm. You know, I was in the hydrogen economy, as they called it, 20 years ago. And because of its high cost, it really didn't go anywhere. And I must admit that I have been in the Elon Musk camp thinking that, okay, hydrogen, it's not going to be able to compete at all with batteries. But Jackie, as you said, there's more and more news stories that are starting to emerge. There are more interesting things happening. There's uh, you know your story, which is really interesting. So I definitely think that there's some momentum that's building here. And, and Proton, your company, has had quite a bit of attention starting to build lately. You've had some film crews up here and, <laughs> and so on. Like, what, 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 Tell us about the exposure that you're getting. Uh, yeah, we started getting very popular as a few months ago that we presented at a technical conference in Spain. And I think that actually says something that the whole world is looking for transition, energy transition. So one of the journalists in Spain picked uh, on us and noticed that this, the, there was a very interesting article out there. And then after that moment, we became popular in 140 different countries and we started receiving... Mm. Lots of phone calls. I should tell you, people in Norway, Japan, uh, Netherlands, the United States, we've, we have companies and they're either service companies that they're trying to actually transition to hydrogen. As an example, tubing companies that they're wondering if, how are they supposed to modify everything so they could be equipped for the world of hydrogen in the future. Mm -hmm. Or some of them are actually hydrogen uh, users, that um, fertilizer companies that mm -hmm. they need a better source of hydrogen. I think another interesting thing is that it doesn't have to be fuel that's pure hydrogen. I mean, we can actually put hydrogen into our natural gas pipes with natural gas, diluting the natural gas, Correct. the methane, 
by what, 10, 15%? Correct. That's the safest way to do it. And then the very initial steps uh, without any modifications, which usually the modification that needs to be done is on the end of the line. So mm -hmm. when it gets to the furnaces and residential areas, you need to be able to handle. So right. that's why we're talking about minimum of 15% replacement. All it does, it reduces your carbon prints. Everybody tells me, what are you guys going to do with your hydrogen right away at the playground that we have? We have exactly a pipe, natural gas pipe that's coming in for our internal usage. As long as we've got the permission, we can push the hydrogen. The minute that comes to the surface from the wall, we can push it to the natural gas line that's mm. coming wow. to the front door of the plant. So, I mean, we have an infrastructure for natural gas across this country. So if we wanted to go higher levels, you said the issue is the downstream burners and things like that. But is there an issue with the pipe at some point too? Or could it actually move hydrogen? As long as you're up to 15%, I think the pipes by itself can actually handle up to 25% even. But it would be the furnace. So, um, if beyond you, that. Yeah, 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 beyond that, yeah. And that's the suggestion we're having, even if you're talking about building new pipelines. Any new pipelines, I think we should change the mandate. And from now on, they should be hydrogen. Mm -hmm. um, oh, right. So you could build them today to work for both natural for gas future, and hydrogen. Yeah. Well, you have to up the specification because the hydrogen atom is the smallest atom. So yep. it so tends it, to leak in the, in, in the, in the joints and things, it's right? different metallurgy, yeah. Okay. So, so you, need, you need a slightly higher spec. So it would be a little bit more expensive, it, yeah. but it would give us yeah. that flexibility. flexibility. So tell us, is, is the government... The provincial government at all involved or federal government in this sort of initiative? We haven't had uh, no any interest uh, until lately with the new provincial governments that so far we've had one uh, meetings mm -hmm. with them. They've shown some interest. And but it's all very new as well. Very new, yeah. Very new. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of clean tech funding from the federal government over the, even the last course of the last several years. Would you qualify, do you think, for some of that Funding? Uh, we've tried a couple of times, and uh, it was a very time-consuming process. And then it's it's an ongoing project. We've got an asset, we've got an idea, and we are very fast and quickly trying to get to the next phase of our test. So we figured that um, some of the communications with the government was very slow. So we decided mm -hmm. uh, to just focus on being funded by friends and family's help. That's how we're operating right, right now. And then getting to market and, then, and making yeah. money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that. What is the time horizon for your commercialization? I know we talked about that before, but let's get a little bit more into commercialization horizon. We are hoping that in the next two years, we get to 500 tons per day hydrogen production. And in the next five years, hopefully we could get to 3,500 tons per day production based on seven different projects, which would be having two other partners, major partners, and trying this process in different geological formations and setups in five different geological formations, mm -hmm. offshore, natural gas, light. And yeah, I think if we hit the 3,500 tons per day production, it would be equivalent to 4,000 megawatt of power production. Give me some scale here. Let's talk about Alberta. Alberta, let's say as an assumption, we have two trillions of barrels of oil mm -hmm. in Alberta. That means you can get 90 billion tons of hydrogen from Alberta oil and gas reservoirs. Based on the amount of hydrogen that I think Alberta has, we get to the math that uh, for about the next 700 years, we have enough energy from the hydrogen that comes from oil and gas reservoirs in Alberta. For all Canadians. For all Canadians, right? Wow. wow. That sounds easier than planting trees. Next year, you will be selling hydrogen. Yes, we think that in six months from now, Fantastic. we'll be having five to 10 tons per day hydrogen production. Wow, that's really exciting. Yeah, that's and who would the customers be? You talked about upgraders and refineries that are paying for natural gas today. 
steam reforming? We're trying to be our oil company, our oil playground to be the first customer. So we want to actually use the hydrogen on site to generate power. All right. And that would avoid needing to transport it, I guess, as well. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we have an interesting alternative for our oil fields as we look to the decades ahead in this province. We can at least turn some of our oil fields and gas fields into hydrogen fields, which is a completely different dimension of a way of thinking about uh, how to power the province, the country, and the world. Thanks for sharing your insights, Seda. And um, maybe give our audience your contact information in terms of your website and uh, how they can get a hold of you offline if they want to talk some more about the subject. Uh, Yeah, sure. You can look us up at uh, www.proton.energy. That's the website. So you can get a lot of information. We're constantly updating it. And we'll put a link to uh, the website. There's some great videos. I do want to say, you know, Peter, you talk a lot about how the transition, people don't think about, you know, all the people that will lose their jobs and transitioning people into new jobs. This is kind of really exciting and not just in the Canadian context that we could actually have many areas in the world that have created this expertise around oil and gas production use that, these assets, these reservoirs, and and be part of the new economy as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. we've got all the infrastructure is what I'm hearing, whether it's the natural gas pipes, the corridor for transportation, the hydrogen fields. Yeah. Uh, we could be leaders in the whole hydrogen economy going forward. Yeah. So it's all very exciting. Well, thanks for that exciting topic. And thank you, listeners, for joining our podcast. If you like this podcast, please rate us on the app that you listen to and tell someone else about us. For more ideas and insights, visit arcenergyinstitute.com.